Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. And this is Song vs. Song. And today we got a matchup of matchups. Today, we are doing, what are we doing? <laughs> really? You gonna bring it down on me? Alright, what are we doing? We're gonna be doing yeah. Isaac Hayes doing the theme song from Shaft and then Superfly by, by Curtis the w- Mayfield from the film Superfly. Yes, from the soundtrack Superfly to the movie Superfly. That's right. It is both Super and Fly and Superfly. It's all three in one. Uh, so, <laughs> listen, I kind of, I, I'm going to ask you a question and then right. I'll let you choose whether or not to what degree you want to reveal how the sausage gets made on this one. <laughs> but why are we doing these two songs? And back back up and follow up question. Were there any other songs that we almost talked about and then decided not to? <laughs> yeah. So with the state of the world, I figured maybe we should uh, make it a little less uh, vanilla in this uh, in this little podcast of ours. The two songs I came up with, and I asked you, was like, should we do this? The two songs I came up with were Fight the Power by Public Enemy versus Fuck the Police by N.W.A. I, I think that the, the general thought was not alone. The two yeah. of us. I mean, you know, you said we were out of our depth. I don't, I don't think we're out that, of our depth. I, here's the thing. I don't think it's that we couldn't do it. I think it's that we shouldn't do it. We're going to save that one for when things are a little less tense and we're not less likely if we get something wrong, it's going to get people really angry. How's that? My, my favorite part of this story is that even though it's it's apocryphal to say that Ice Cube made this decision for us, <laughs> I believe that we should just go with this version where we were we thought, should we do this? And then Ice Cube started talking about QAnon posts on Twitter. And then that that kind of cemented, let's do something else as our choice. Oh, yeah. He started doing that. I was like, yeah, maybe we will uh, take this one to a different point in time. Nothing, nothing will ever delight me more than you sending me a text saying Ice Cube has taken to Twitter. It was very, I don't know why it made me laugh as hard as it did, but it really did. Anyway, so we decided not to do that for a myriad of reasons. I would like to think that we made the the right choice. But, you know, my perspective on it was this is a chance to do something that's fun, that still has stuff that we can be critical of, uh, not just as far as the music is concerned, but just also the historical context of it, but that... You know, a lot of people really enjoy these songs, and in, there are things that can be enjoyed about 1970s black exploitation. There's a lot of fun that we can have with it, and I'd like to believe that when people come listen to Song versus Song, and this is real how the sausage gets made kind of talk, I suppose, but, you know, I don't want to stress people out. I want people to listen and feel good. Times are tough. <laughs> we're, we're here for fun. And uh, serious p- people, we're, we're a bunch of clowns. Serious people can handle the serious stuff. We're not here to, you know, bring anybody down. No. So in lieu of that, we're going we're gonna to talk about Curtis Mayfield. We'll talk about Isaac Hayes. We'll talk about these two movies. But I think also, yeah, it's a great opportunity to sort of 
Talk about the interesting complexity of the impact of black exploitation, which is a thing that, you know, I there's no right full answer on that, but there's a lot. There's a lot to discuss. You know what I was uh, what, in my research, what I came across that kind of put some of this stuff into into context. I was watching some um, some old Richard Pryor stand up. From uh, from 1971, that 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 is the year that uh, Shaft, Shaft came out. Shaft, just talking about Shaft, baby. Yeah. So, Richard Pryor, uh, 1971, a special comes out. It's called Live and Smoking. That's 1971. That special literally opens with him saying, "Quote: I'm really nervous. I sound just like him. Great impression, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably best you don't, honestly. Yes, <laughs> that's 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 correct. I made a cho- I made a choice, and it's the right one." Uh, but he, he said, I'm really nervous because I ain't had no cocaine all day. Love cocaine. What a, <laughs> a, a, a truly <laughs> on-brand Richard Pryor opening. It's By the way, just as a sidebar, watch live or listen to Live and Smoking. It's, it's real good. That kind of really reminded me of kind of where New York comedy and a lot of New York culture was at, you know? What I like about talking about these two movies and these two songs is that talking about they, what about these two movies and these two songs is that uh, is that they kind of capture New York of the time. Then we can dig it. How dare you? <laughs> uh, take a drink. But yep. yeah, I just like that's this is the stuff that kind of is the stuff that I think of, you know, and, you know, when I think about Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song just because it's the the very first you know, considered to be the very first uh, black exploitation film. It is the reason why Shaft ended up being what it was, and subsequently is the reason why the entire genre exists in the form that it that it that it took. But all that stuff kind of really sets the stage sonically, musically, uh, too, because Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song was this Mario Van Peebles X-rated film that made like fifteen million dollars or something crazy like that. Just in case people don't know. Um, it was a movie about a young black gigolo who kind of sticks it to the man and several women. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. But you know, his, the, the whole thing about it was, I mean, like I would say, honestly, historically, if you want to watch it, you can, but it's not actually a good movie. There are documentaries about it. that are far more interesting, but the thing that's relevant about it is that, you know, Melvin Van Peebles, uh, the tagline is. I've literally got it in front of me because I don't don't want to surprise anybody. I do own this film on Blu-ray. Rated X by an all-white jury. I'll tell you why it was rated. (laughs) You you, you know know why that that I absolutely believe all-white jury rated this film X? It's because it's pornographic. It's an an X-rated movie. (laughs) I don't know who he thought he was fooling with that one. But, you know, consider... That this is a this is a movie that was X rated that still made you know in the tens of millions of dollars. Earth a nascent Earth Wind and Fire was involved in some of the music, so that that's also a factor. And so you know you've got these folks who are struggling uh, on the on the movie side of things. You know, like MGM, who used to be you know hugely successful. You know, that's that's like your your Wizard of Oz company, and they were down and out. They were struggling. And so they did this Hail Mary and put out Shaft in the same year. Shaft, which was originally going to star a white actor. And they turned that shit on a dime because of Sweet Sweetbacks. And, you know, Isaac Hayes does the theme song. And that movie is 
a massive fucking hit. Mm-hmm. The theme song wins all these awards and it completely alters the trajectory of urban filmmaking for the remainder of the decade. It's crazy. The complexity, the nuance is something to talk about, but just on the face of that, that's incredible. Well, I've been, you know, I was doing my own research on the black exploitations, and I was like, well, I, I didn't really get a great explanation for this one. It was like how these cheap movies, these were made for dimes, how these very cheap B movies got such great music. Like how they got like the biggest talent of the day to make these soundtracks. That's insane to me. I think Curtis Mayfield kind of kind of talked about this a little bit, right? Because his perspective was effectively, and you know, and I'm and I'm paraphrasing here that you know, if Sidney Poitier, if Sidney Poitier was not in a film, then the way that that black people were going to be depicted was going to be stereotyped background characters, and or not at all, you know. Despite the fact that yes, to a degree, and you know, you, you see this a lot um, right from the get-go with Shaft, the NAACP did not like Shaft because they felt that it was portraying a very particular side of the die on black culture. However, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of black people in the culture also were look at it and saying, Well, it's nice to be the stars. Yeah, well, the end. The NAACP was the one who called it black exploitation. In that, right. you know, they felt that black people were being exploited, and you know, most of the black people who made these movies, yeah, I'm being exploited by being paid a lot of money. Like, well, I mean, look, here's my take for the little that it's worth. Is thus the problem always is when you're part of an oppressed minority that doesn't get a lot of time being the star of pop media. When you do become suddenly in the limelight, you only tend to see one part, one aspect, right? So black exploitation, the the exploitative nature is partly that yes, there are these white producers in a lot of cases making a lot more money than the actors and the other creators, but the other part of it is that this is now all of a sudden your one big major representation of all black culture and that's a that's the problem and you know in my mind and i'm sure there are others too but that's the thing that looking back on it decades later that's the thing that really jumps out at me is that you know it's just that and then you know you look at you know i grew up in the 80s and what do i see you know the backlash to that kind of led to Bill Cosby being extremely against that type of stuff and, you know, wanting to have the Cosby show come out and be the exact opposite of that. And then you see, you know, like Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and a lot of those cats would get really mad because they didn't want to, you know, it wasn't about saying like, well, we're not trying to just try to ingratiate ourselves into, you know, supposed like, like correct white culture or whatever the fuck it is. We don't want that. We want to be able to have our own thing and have that be okay. And so, you know, at least at that point, now you've got a, a a much larger dialogue, and it's still bad. It's still problematic. You still got Eddie Murphy goes on Dick Cavett, and Dick Cavett calls Eddie Murphy live on television the N word like it's nothing. Oh you wow! Know? Oh man, forget it. I mean, like that's you know that stuff is not. It's funny. I think you know in twenty twenty you maybe like it. It could be easier to forget that that happened. But you know once you once you know it, you never not know it. But I think it's very hard to imagine yourself in the 1970s as a black person trying to sort of figure out 
what's the right way to go about doing this? And then all of a sudden the decision gets made for you and you go, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Do we really want it to be like shaft the black cop fucking white women or the, or priest, the, 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 the super fly Coke dealer? Like, you know what I mean? Like these things are complex, you know, and all of a sudden there's not really going to be that opportunity for people to look through it. You know, Curtis Mayfield looked at, at priest from Superfly and saw uh, you know, a brother who was trying to get out. Trying to get over. Right. Like he just, you know, like he didn't want to keep doing what he was doing. He wasn't happy dealing Coke. He wasn't happy dealing anything. And there is that. But at the same time, that's still the, the job that he's in. And what does that say? And what is the impact of that? It's funny you bring all that up because when I hear these two songs, at the very least for Shaft, it wouldn't even occur to me for even a drop of a moment that anything about Shaft could be considered problematic or, you know, controversial in 1971. And, like, now that you mention it, is yeah, I mean, he does show up buck naked and he fucks a lot of women. And Toddy's a yeah, complicated man. He is. <laughs> you know, it's funny, but, like, I listen to that, I do not hear a complicated man. I hear a very uncomplicated guy who is just... He wakes up awesome and he ends the day awesome. Well, and that's, you know, that's sort of the interesting thing about it, right? This is, you know, I feel like we're kind of doing this episode in a different way because there's so much context. But my outlook on Shaft as a theme song is that because it is of the two songs, I think the more uncomplicated. Yeah. It sort of gained this popularity because it's... As a song, just sonically, it was sort of this pre-disco song, but it's got that very disco vibe. It's very dancey. You know, if you listen to the full version, like the first half of it is just music. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, that wiki wiki funk guitar. Yeah, and then by the time, you know, we come in and we start talking about Shaft, quite quite, li- <laughs> quite literally, you know. Then we can dig it, yeah. It's fun. It's just goofy and f- and a little bit funny, but also uh, in equal measure, genuinely, like, cool. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I think probably in the 80s, we would have considered it really corny. But I think in 2020, we've probably come back around and you listen to it. And you're like, no, this is pretty cool. It's corny and cool at the same time. And the music is good. And Isaac Hayes has got a great voice. And that's that on that. But it's, it is uncomplicated. Well, let me ask you this. We haven't even answered the question yet. Which, you, which did you pick? Oh, uh, theme theme from Shaft or Superfly? It's really hard. It truly is difficult. <laughs> oh yeah, there was not a wrong answer on this one. I um uh, yeah, I don't think there is because I really enjoy both of them. You know, I think for me, just as far as like fun, just especially if you're just listening to the the, the part where Isaac is is actually, you know, si- singing slash talking. Um, that stuff is great, and I really enjoy it, but. As a matter of um, just a song on the whole, and especially if you know if you're looking at Superfly as a, as a as a record, and Curtis Mayfield's work on that, and and therefore are including both that song and and Pusher Man, um, I would have to I would have to personally put my preference on Superfly just because to me, like knowing as much as I know and having a a, a probably substantially larger than average collection of black exploitation films. Um, you know, I feel more of a connection to what 
he was doing and I feel like I get more depth just from like the fact that I know that he was like he was really thinking about it you know what I mean like the, that shit was on his mind and you know if you go back and you listen to like 1970s Curtis like you can really see the DNA of that stuff and you know what else I'll say you listen to the Superfly soundtrack and it's like man would the song Lowrider even exist <laughs> Well, you know, honestly, I'm I'm kind of surprised with that because I was also going to lean towards Superfly and I felt like that was kind of like, oh, the the record nerd hipster pick because, you know, Theme from Shaft is the the much better known one. But then I was looking on on Spotify and I was like, actually Superfly has more more streams than Theme from Shaft because it's it's more of a song, you know. Right, right, absolutely it is, you know. Again, like I said, the thing about Shaft is that the whole first half of it is just uh is just music. Yeah, that's it's theme from Shaft is a very weird song. It's structured bizarrely. It doesn't really have verses or a chorus. It has an intro that lasts the entire first half of the song and then uh Isaac Hayes Maybe the the strangest lyrics ever written. There's never been anything like it. <laughs> it's weird. It's just that they're not the part that I think about. You know, if I was going to make the argument for Shaft mm-hmm. over Superfly, the reason why I would go there, and this is the thing that really separates you and me because of our feelings on the city, but hmm. when I listen to that that first two and a half minutes or so, there's something just really New York about that sound at that time period yeah. you know i've you know obviously i i didn't live in new york in the 1970s but i was born in 1980 i've always lived around new york city and in new york city and so i was alive during the time and have memories of the pre disneyfication of times square you know what i mean yeah. i remember being a kid walking through times square when it was drug dealers and prostitutes and like you know and my my mother like grabbing onto me tight you know every time we walked through you know those are that's the memory that i have of new york and even though you know i i suppose it, it was scary in its way at the time it's still a part of my my cultural heritage and so when i listen to that music that's the first two and a half minutes or so of Shaft. I really like, it feels like walking through Times Square in, you know, the early 80s, even still. You know, again, I'm going to have to disagree because, you know, I've never been able to uh, mentally put all the, this great uh, soul music of the 70s with the, you know, the grimy Times Square, uh, you know, aesthetic. To me, all the 70s soul stuff is so, like, beautiful, and amazing, I, I, I think glamour. I think, you know, the 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 shaft theme may as well be the Superman theme, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it is in a lot of ways. Well, hold on a second. Are you trying to say to me that prostitutes are not glamorous? Because <laughs> I'll not tell that, you what, in the year of our Lord 2020, I sure as fuck wouldn't. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, like that's the thing. Like, I think also, like that's. I mean, I guess, yeah, in a way, I think that, you know, my idea of of seeing women on the streets, I was young, I didn't know. So, you know, I think my perception of them was kind of innocent, you know, like they were all painted up and pretty. So I think I had a a real different sense of that. So I don't, you know, like grimy city 
sure, yes, there's a grimy aspect to 1970s and 1980s New York City, but um, there is something powerful and, and, and beautiful about that time. There's a reason why, even though you know there were a lot of things that were bad about it, that there's still, if you, if you grew up um, around here at the time, you always miss it. You always long for it is because there's something tremendous. You know, I don't know if you if you actually went back and and watched Superfly and, and, and watched uh, Shaft uh, again, but I did. I, I watched Shaft this summer because the new movie was coming out, but not oh, that right. I saw it. Not that I saw that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I watched Superfly for this episode. I'd already seen it, but uh, yeah, um, I think Shaft is a better movie than Superfly. If that was the the case, I'd. I'll I'll agree with. I mean, from the sense of of things happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, and also, you know, and this is not, I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody, but Richard Roundtree is just great. You know, yeah. just a, just a, just a, a, a very talented man, a very attractive man. He's a sex machine to all the chicks. You he won't is. cop out when danger's all about. Yeah. I mean, he's still, you know, he's playing, he's playing a de- detective. And so, I mean, like working with the cops, are you sure, John? But he's not working for the cops at the very least. He he works with them a little bit. I mean, it's fine. The way they play it is fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. You know, my, my criticism of, of those movies is always like, you know, here they, they are, they've got these, these beautiful women they're with. And then they, they always fuck off and start dating these, these, these white broads. And every time they do it, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is a downgrade, guys. This is a downgrade. Don't, don't, at, don't at me, Twitter. Like, that's not. I'm not trying to say anything about all any type of woman, but like in these movies, like especially in Shaft, man, that woman he has got that he is involved with, who says that that she loves him, and he goes like, I know. By the way, there's no, there's no Han Solo saying I know <laughs> to to Princess Leia and Empire without Shaft. Shaft is the is the original, the originator of saying I know to I love you. And yeah. uh and yeah, that woman he says that to I'm like, "You don't love her, man? You're crazy." Like that woman and he goes to after the fact I'm like, "I don't know. Once again, I I I default to 1971 uh Richard Pryor live and smoking. I was like, I, the only logic that I can think of, Richard Pryor literally says, I have a white woman disease. I could be a revolutionary, but I like whip, white women with big titties." And I guess that that's just the problem that poor John Shaft has run into here. <laughs> I mean, there's only one woman who understands him. Like, oh, I, I, I get, but which one is it? <laughs> well, geez, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the, these lush orchestrated soul songs don't sound grimy to me, but Superfly absolutely sounds grimy to me. Curtis Mayfield's Superfly sounds, it is a dirty funk on that song. Well, you yeah. know, it's a, a huge selling point, of course. I mean, in addition to that, is the fact that Curtis Mayfield is in Superfly. Yes, he is. He's uh, He does a, a live performance there for Superfly. I think about Superfly. I I forget which one he performed. I think he's, I think he's doing part of Pusher Man. Um, it's been a minute. But yeah, I yeah. mean, he's he's in that movie. And he, you know, nothing says that you believe in a film as, as a musician and an artist than actually being in the film. Yeah. So that's I, like another thing that really kind of, for me, goes in favor of Superfly. Uh, Superfly is, I, I want to say, like the first hit, is it the first gangsta hit? He's literally, you know, Superfly is literally a drug dealer. 
Snoop Dogg has been cosplaying as Superfly for like a good chunk of his career. Well, I guess that's true. You know, I always, when I think about that type of stuff, for me, you got to give it to Rudy Ray Moore, which happened, you know, obviously he comes about a little bit later. It's so, isn't it weird now that everybody, well, everybody, but a lot more people know who Rudy Ray Moore is now because Eddie Murphy did Dolomite is my name. Which is great, by the way. If you haven't seen that on Netflix, that's a, that's definitely worthy of a watch. But also, plus, I highly recommend Dolomite and the Human Tornado and all that stuff. That stuff's hilarious. Watch, check that out too. And that's and that's what I was yeah. gonna say because the thing yeah. is, I feel like most people probably watch Dolomite as my name and then called it a day. Well, no, man. If you're gonna watch that, then a hundred percent Dolomite is great. Human Tornado is hilarious and great. I mean, they're both very funny. And, uh, you know, and he did, um, there's like two other ones that he kind of did all in, in the same space of time. So he did those two that are both where he's playing Dolomite. And then he did Petey Wheatstraw and he did Disco Godfather. And I would recommend both of those two. Those are, these are all, this is like, we have finally reached it. I don't need to do another episode of this podcast ever again because I'm about to do what I do in every podcast, which is recommend the company that did the um, the restoration and release of these films. They're called Vinegar Syndrome, and they are probably my favorite company on the face of the earth, and they did absolutely excellent, excellent, excellent um, uh, restorations of these films. They look incredible, and uh, I would recommend checking out all of those. And while you're at it, they put out another one, um, which... Gosh, it's, yeah, it's really hard not to talk about other things. Like, um, there's a so there's a movie that um, Sam Jackson and uh, Quentin Tarantino both love that also kind of falls in this uh, family. You ever hear a Candy Tangerine Man? No. I oh man, that's got great music too. It's got really good music. So check out a movie called Candy Ch- Tangerine Man. Obviously, you know, I mean, like, there's just we oh, could. A- I mean, we could talk. We could talk <laughs> almost. Endlessly, like I, f- I forget the number, the just the sheer volume of black exploitation films that came out. What you know from Sweet Sweetbacks um, onward through until just about the end of the the decade. But you know, obviously, you know Pam Greer is like the standout for uh, women stars of uh, black exploitation. Uh, you want to incorporate Fred Williamson also in there too. Like there's just there's just ah, and all the music for the most part is so good. Like it's just like you said, there's no. There's no wrong answer for the complexity and the understanding that the NAACP had a point in the concerns that they had. There's just so much good, rich, rich textural culture to enjoy in the artistry that comes out of these films. Yeah, well, Superfly, unlike Shaft, which is very the theme from Shaft, which is very uncomplicatedly in love with Shaft. Superfly is got more of a neutral view about Superfly and whether, you know, he should love him, whether he's a sex machine, to all the chicks and all that shit. Curtis Mayfield, like like you said, he's in the movie because he wanted stories like this to be made, but he's not like super into Superfly. He's 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 also a complicated man. <laughs> he's a he's I'd argue that he's much more complicated than Shaft. Yeah, I mean Priest is dealing with a lot. Bless him. Yeah, you know he is uh, he is very light skinned, which creates a whole other different set of issues. Uh, as 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 a black man, um, and certainly one of the things that I like about Superfly as a film is that they don't. It's not like they ignore that fact. No, like, this you is, know that guy. That guy walks walks onto the screen for the first time, and you go, "Is he black? He's black, right? Yeah, he's black. He, is he? Yeah, he's black. He's black. He's black." But I didn't they don't. Think you know, that I mean, at all. Oh, really? He's he is no. he is very 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 light skinned, and it just it has you know an impact on his life. 
uh, in a lot of ways. And certainly within in, within the black community in, in the movie, uh, not to spoil it, but you know, a lot of folks don't like him because of that. Yeah, and, no, th- and think he's got like a chip on his shoulder a little bit. And, and that is... Yeah, super fly. A re- that's a real thing. Like that's a that's a movie that was honestly actually dealing with something. Yeah, Superfly is kind of like a forerunner to Scarface because like being like this badass gangsta is does not seem like he's enjoying it even for a second. Like the movie is about him trying to get over it, so I mean, him trying to get out. That's what the song's about too. Like and the song has lyrics like, "What does this dream mean? He doesn't know. Like all he knows is that he has to get more." That's very much like Scarface, the Pacino version. Yeah, he's just talking about ambivalence, baby. <laughs> then we can dig it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Candy Tangerine Man's got a little bit of that too, just because, you know, you've got the, the, the titular character who, you know, part of the time he's, he's a pimp on the streets, but then the other half of the time, you know, it's funny, you watch that movie and like all the stuff is like pimp forward and then you get to halfway point and you find out that he's living a double life and he's just like a really average guy mowing the lawn. He's got a wife and kids. It's really, it's it's interesting and, and funny and, and kind of nuanced. There's a reason that, that Samuel L. Jackson and, and Quentin Tarantino like it. But yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. Like Shaft does not, like it's layered in a dramatic way in that it introduces a concept where Shaft gets pulled into a case and there's more to it than it seems. And the deeper he goes, the more complicated it gets. But it's just it's melodrama. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not a it's not so, so, so much about being black in New York in the 1970s. Like there's elements of it, but it's more like this Italian gang comes in. He gets to beat the shit out of some Italians and you know, that's, and that's fun. But Superfly is really about feeling trapped by your circumstances and feeling like even if you're light skinned, that you're still a black man and there's never going to be any escape for you. Even if you have a lot of money, it's still not going to matter. That's layered, but it, it also is a lot slower moving. Yeah. Not a lot, not a whole lot happens in Superfly the movie. Some pretty hilarious fight scenes happen, but yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> I it's, love it's hilarious a black exploitation. It's a black exploitation it, movie. It sure is. But if you're looking for hilariously bad fight scenes, then uh, Human Tornado is the one. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing is ever Dolomite, and but especially Human Tornado is so funny. Just a lot yeah. of like, speed up the tape. We don't know how to fight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think that in the end, yeah, my take on the whole thing now that we've talked it through is just I like Shaft the movie as a, as a as a thing that's just like as a film. It's more fun. It's got more going on. Um, and I like Shaft as a song because it's fun and it's got a lot going on sonically. Um, but you know, looking at Superfly, it's got something to say. And then the theme song to Superfly, especially if you incorporate um, Pusher Man, because the two songs are very similar. They've got a lot of shared DNA. Obviously, um, they're just they're just more rich. There's just Curtis Mayfield was really doing something with them. So yeah, maybe that's a snobby answer, but I think ultimately that's kind of where I line up. Well, you know what? We were talking about, you know, the Superfly, the, the song and the movie's a little grimmer than Shaft. I think that's why theme from Shaft has the Oscar and Superfly wasn't even nominated for anything. Of course. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a fucking no-brainer. Like, you know, just, just like always, you know what I mean? Like, 
the the the, the whites are going to be like, who is the one who danced nice for us? You know, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know a fucking That's nice way a- to, to pretend. To pretend like it's anything otherwise, you know what I mean? Like that, you know. I and 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 truthfully, I think that's a little unfair to Shaft. Well, but, but like com- comparatively, comparatively, I think yeah. th- I think that's spot on. You know, it's, I think it was exactly enough for for people to feel like they thought they were doing something good. But you know, like let's not like, get out of control with it. You yeah, know what I mean? Like just, I don't know. And like, look, I don't want to, I don't want to glorify, you know. Uh, black tragedy either you know what I mean like that's the that's sort of the argument in favor of of Shaft is that you know ultimately it is largely pretty fun and and that's 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 got a thing about it that's that's important but you know I mean like in my in my view I think that Superfly ultimately is 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 a triumphant story even if it's not the most thrilling one um you know like he still largely comes out on the other side of that and like even if you know he he pretty triumphantly tells those white cops that he doesn't fucking know them shit and that he's not going (laughs) to be owned by them you know that's a that's a part of that story um so i you know i think i don't think it's too much about i just i think even though it gets into the weeds i wouldn't ever look at superfly and be like man that's 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 one about black suffering i don't think so um like maybe more so than shaft and maybe that's the reason why it didn't get as much attention because it kind of had something to say but i do i do find it to be ultimately more triumphant sorry i'm literally figuring this out in my head as we go i actually pulled up the youtube video of uh isaac hayes performing theme from shaft in the 1972 oscars it's it's a trip man (laughs) this is like the the 70s oscars are pretty goddamn white and then isaac hayes was like the first black man to win an oscar for anything other than acting which is you know pretty amazing and for you know years, like even now, like the this is something the uh, the Academy is very proud of that they you know gave the award to theme from Shaft, which it absolutely deserved. I, I was like, why not Superfly a year later? I mean, you look at the uh, shit that won that year was uh, the morning after from Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, that's the least that's the least surprising thing. Why did it happen? Well, it's because they did it once. We don't have to do it a second time, Todd. We did it once. You know, funny. I I think Isaac Hayes performed the morning after on an episode of South Park. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that you are correct. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the they did nominate one black person that year. That was a uh, young, ten-year-old like, Michael Jackson for the theme song to Ben. Wow. <laughs> and it's wow. like they could, they had to have known about Curtis Mayfield on Superfly. That album sold billions like it sold it made more money than the movie yeah i don't know man i mean like yeah that's the thing like again talking about re-ray more like the whole reason that dola might even existed is because the man worked in a record store he made comedy records where he you know did kind of you know these sort of like spoken word things mm-hmm. that you know a lot of people will will say that you know he kind of was a big part of a big stepping stone towards rap as it kind of came up but um you know, the whole reason Dolomite existed is because he was going town to town selling records. Selling his and his movie. Yeah, but he was, you know, but he was, first he was selling the records in in black neighborhoods and he saved up his money and the money that he made, he took a huge gamble. Like, that's the great story of Rudy Ray Moore is he had had whatever amount of money he managed to raise up, which was a surprisingly large amount of money. And then instead of saving any of it, he decided he was going to make Dolomite and he spent the whole thing. 
and then made millions off of it. Incredible. Yeah. And it just wouldn't have happened if the you know it starts. It's just interesting that it starts with the the music. It starts with those records because you know there's comedy in the records, but there's also music. And so yeah, it's very strange. It's very strange. Arguably, to me. theme from Shaft is also kind of comedy. Yeah, like, I mean, yes, it absolutely has a has a has a tongue in cheek quality to it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like it's good. Like I feel bad. Like I'm not trying to. I'm not yeah. trying to shit talk Isaac Hayes or say that this, <laughs> the theme song from Shaft is bad. Theme song from Shaft is great. I just you know yeah, like these, there's these just are both more ten, going on. These are both tens out of ten. So we're we're not we're like fine grain looking at. <laughs> Honestly, the take the takeaway from this episode should be unquestionably, um, judging by the fact that a lot less people voted in the polls. Listen to these songs, listen to these records, and understand the history of black exploitation and the complexity and the nuance there and the problems that came out of it. But do that so that you can watch those films and enjoy them for what they are. Because absolutely, to me, watching the Shaft movies is worth it. Watching Superfly is worth it. Watching Rudy, Rudy Ray Moore is worth it. Candy Tangerine Man, watching um, Coffee and, 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 and Jackie Brown. And, you know, like, there's just like a penitentiary. There's just like a, min, just like a million movies. Like, not enough people voted in this poll. And it has really revealed to me once again... Yeah. That like, you know, we there literally a review came up the other day where someone was like, honestly, you have black listeners because we had made that joke about how yeah, oh, um, yeah. back that ass up had lost the, to the thong song and yeah. it made me concerned. It's not that I don't think that we that that we don't have black listeners. I just think that um, some of the, the 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 white listeners that we have are have perhaps not taken in the culture in, in the in the responsible and complete way that they can and this is a great opportunity you're listening to this episode this is a great this is like a recommended listening and and viewing episode it really i really like corny as it is there's a lot of stuff that is worth checking out in my opinion and i hope that people will i think i think i think maybe there was less votes because i forgot to put the put my link up on the other patreon okay never mind everything that i said (laughs) todd's an asshole he ruins everything you guys are smart and he's bad I think I want to do three questions. I'll, I'll do oh, this. Oh, sure, 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 sure. You want okay. to do it? Yeah, yeah, let me do. Okay, question one. Who's the black private dick that's a sex machine to all the chicks? Oh, Dan? man. <laughs> Shift. All right. Two. Shit, what's the second one? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you fail. <laughs> okay, three is who's the cat that won't cop out when there's danger all about? Uh, shit. Quick, what's that second one? <laughs> you, you. Okay, well, the answer to all three were Shaft. Shaft, by the way. yes, so, I know. Yes, yes. I, okay, let's let's. Okay, for real. Go go ahead. Um, all right. So, uh, question one. Um, only one of these songs can persist in the memory of man and woman and 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 all people alike, and the other one must be lost to time uh, forever. Which song must? For the sake of all that is good in the world, exist. That's an easy one. Theme from Shaft. Ugh. I mean, like, Superfly comes from the Superfly album, and that thing is great from front to back. And there are several songs on there that could take the place of Superfly. You got right, Pusher Man, you right, got Freddy's right. Dead. You're right. You're right. Okay. okay. There is there I is agree. not a I single agree. thing, even in within the realm of black exploitation cinema, that could take the place of the theme from Shaft. Okay. All right. I accept that you are correct. 
I mean, there's. I mean, let me say there. There is no song like the theme from Shaft. Not a single one. Nothing structured like that. Nothing has lyrics like that. There is. It's only the one singular thing. Okay. If there was I, anything I remotely accept. like it, it would co- come across as a you know as a bad parody of the theme from Shaft, which there have been quite a few. So that is my opinion on that. Great, you have successfully <laughs> beaten that horse to death beyond re- recognition. You're okay. right. You're right. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I talking too much? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I talked a lot this episode. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, uh, so question number two. Um, you, could be a, you could be a fly on the wall for one and only one of these songs. For Soup to Nuts, entire process. You could even be, in, in this case, you know, I'll say you could, you could, be, um, you could be on set. You could see some yeah. scenes getting shot uh, of Shaft or Superfly. Which one of the two? Um, do you want to be able to see the uh, the nitty gritty production of which is the one you've got to see? Okay, someone actually linked me a video of uh, Isaac Hayes cutting like the first demo of Theme from Shaft, and it looks like um, Gordon Parks, the director, is like explaining what he needs from the scene, and Isaac Hayes is just like, oh, okay. And then they, they, him and his band, they jam out something. They haven't, don't have any lyrics yet. They don't have words or they don't have the string section yet or the backup singers. But they just jam, and it just absolutely kills. And it's amazing, and I'm so glad I got to see it. But since I did see it, I guess Superfly, because that's the one I haven't seen. <laughs> All right. That's a, bit of, that's a bit of a cheat answer, Todd. Yeah. You, really, you really cheated it. All right. I don't know if there's a... This, this is one of those questions that some, well, I think like somewhere eventually, if I stop being lazy, we'll come up with a different question number two, since this is yeah. always the odd one out. But uh, yeah. in lieu of that, question number three, and I don't know how this is going any way than the way that I'm already thinking. <laughs> this, is, this is perhaps the easiest... Uh, answer to the third question we're ever going to have. Third question. Uh, note, noted uh, author, philosopher, uh, toupee wearer, William Shatner. He's a, he's a musician, and he likes to do his own special kinds of spoken word versions of songs. If you could have William Shatner shat on one and only one of these two songs... What is the song that must be Shatnerized of these two? Do we even have to say it? I mean, for the sake of saying it out loud. Yeah. Shaft! Yeah. There's really... And I'm honestly shocked he hasn't already. I didn't even check, but... Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I feel like if, if he had, the world would know. Yeah. Well, I tell there you what... Be, there wouldn't be a soul on earth that didn't know. I'll tell you this, though. We have something pretty similar to it already. Uh, apparently, within like a couple years of the theme from Shaft being a hit, Sammy Davis Jr. recorded his own version, and it is pretty amazing. It's not good, but I imagine it's pretty similar to what a Shatner version would sound like. That's tremendous. That's, that's good enough for me. That said... I think Shatner would also do a pretty amazing version of Superfly. Yeah, that would be fun. It just, you know, I mean, it just can't compare. Yeah. So this is really interesting because we have essentially answered Shaft for all three of the three questions. Uh-huh. And yet I still think that I land on Superfly. No, like like I said, we we are like fine-graining. So it's like, well, this one is like a 10.005 and this one's a 10.004. Like... They, they're, these are both 
amazing, great songs. Although I may have talked myself into leaning more towards Shaft. Well, that's okay. Yeah, baby. Yeah, we can dig it. Well, let's so how did it. it turn out? Yeah, let's well, dig. In, let's dig. Oh, let's dig into the comments. Yeah, Ryan Anab writes, "All I can hear is Chef, so I vote Superfly." Um, God damn it, Trey Parker! Why must you ruin everything? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, well, he didn't I, ruin. I, I, let me explain. I refuse to think about the end of Isaac Hayes' life. Period. No, I don't want to think about that. It's depressing, and I don't need to, so I won't. All right. Dennis Dennis Rice writes, I have to go with Shaft because of the backup singer, sell it. My favorite is the shut your mouth. And then, I'm just talking about Shaft, then we can dig it. If that was about anyone other than Shaft, they're not into it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Like, Who did they think he was talking about? Yeah, that would be, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, like, what if it was you, Todd? (laughs) <laughs> if he was like I'm just talking about Todd they'd be like they'd just punch him they'd be like unsubscribe yeah. uh, <laughs> go ahead okay one writes uh, Adam O'Donnell writes I go crazy every time I hear a song that samples Superfly I go even crazier when I hear the theme from Shaft this poll is the most I've hated you in a while well done I consider that a compliment I'm very glad that somebody feels that way. I really thought when you suggested these that most people would would be aware of at least one of them, but like I wasn't sure that anyone was going to have strong opinions. So I would rather be (laughs) hated than ignored in this poll. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, speaking of sampling, Jackson Rediesel writes, there's a song versus song within this one, Young MC's Know How versus Beastie Boy's Eggman. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yes, perhaps in a later episode. We'll do a, we'll do like a point five on this at some yeah. point. We'll do like a bonus episode. Yeah, Young MC's Know How has a, has a great sample of the theme from Shaft and the BC Boys sample Superfly and is the greatest song about throwing eggs at people ever written. I think that's safe. I think that's yeah. a safe thing to say. <laughs> Typhoid Steve writes, To those who voted Superfly, shut your mouth. To those who voted Shaft, you're damn right. You know, <laughs> what, what, what was it, Typhoid Steve? Typhoid Steve, yes. Typhoid Steve, you can shut your mouth. (laughs) Okay, one last one. Christina Youngren writes, Superfly wins. Theme from Shaft is a fun, because Theme from Shaft is a fun instrumental, which was utterly ruined for me by playing it in high school orchestra marching band. And as suburban, mostly Nordic Midwestern kids, our attempts at funk were exactly what you'd expect. Oh, I don't know (laughs) what I expect, but I need to hear it. If you've got a recording of that, I mean, like <laughs> somewhere you've surely your your parents had the VHS with the camcorder and the just put it up on YouTube for 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 the culture. I don't know whose culture, the Nordic <laughs> culture, but for the culture, we all need to know. All right. Well, why don't we get to uh, the results? Let's hear it. Okay, for a total of two hundred ninety nine. To 159. That's a 60-40 split. That is, the winner is, of course, Shaft. Shaft. Can you dig it? We, we, we all kind of expected that. Like, I Yes, I knew, I knew, I knew. I knew I mean, it's not like, I don't know why I'm like acting bummed like I don't <laughs> like the theme song from Shaft. What's wrong with me? I like that song very much. Yeah, you know, theme from Shaft is, uh, you know, I, I expected it to win. I expected it to win by a lot more I was sad for a Superfly 
And you know, that's you know, sixty forty, that's pretty decent. That's that's a, a strong showing, especially against the theme from goddamn Shaft. Yeah, I mean look, uh here here's what happened. Uh his name is Curtis Mayfield. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean like a hundred percent, like for me, this you listen to this episode, um, you came you voted for Shaft apparently sixty percent of the time. This is a great opportunity for you to get back in your way back machine uh, and go back to 1970, uh, listen to Curtis. Um, you know, there's a Curtis Live, I think, from, from, from the year later, and then listen to Superfly uh, as a record, you know. If you want to watch those movies, I think they, that, that certainly Shaft is a lot of fun. I do think that Superfly has got some stuff to, to offer, uh, but... Absolutely skip Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. There's a documentary out there. Watch the documentary. Maybe listen to some of the music from it. But, um, man, all the way, watch a lot of that Rudy Ray Moore stuff. It's really fun. Um, there's a ton of great Pam Greer stuff out there um, that is absolutely wild. Coffee is a great movie. Fox Brown's a great movie. Um, uh, Sheba Baby is pretty good. There's like a bunch that are out there. Cleopatra Jones. I could go on and on. The thing yep. is, once you once you start, once you pop, you just can't stop. Um, yep. There's a lot, but again, yeah, I mean, like obviously, you know, there these these movies were contested and people had complicated reasons for 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 good reasons. So you know, just make sure that you're doing your your just watch responsibly. That's all. Just watch yep. responsibly. That's it. All right. And uh, before I announce what the next one's going to be, remember oh, we got a, we got a Patreon. Where you can uh, toss us a dollar, whatever, if you'd like. We like money. We need all the support you you can give us. And uh, we are doing a bonus episode. Just one dollar gets you that every month. This month, I am finally going to sit down and watch that goddamn Little Dicky sitcom or whatever it is. And we're going to talk about that. You've been all been begging me to watch the goddamn Little Dicky sitcom. See if I hate it like I hate most of his stuff. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm mostly just I don't I think that now that I've talked so much this episode I might just <laughs> silently listen to you groan <laughs> for however I'll, long to that. Like you know the, it got good reviews. So I know that doesn't make me feel good though. Uh all right yes and by and by the way yes you said that so it's great that we have the Patreon but of course we understand that you know not everybody is going to be able to kick in. And that is absolutely fine and understandable. Uh, but the thing is, if you like if you like the podcast, there's a lot of ways that cost you absolutely nothing to support us. And so if you've got the spoons, if you've got the energy, uh, you go on iTunes, you give us five stars, you write a review, you you talk about how much you, you like the podcast. And uh, you go on social media, you go on Reddit. You know, people are always looking uh, for new podcasts to listen to because a lot of people are just – uh, sitting with nothing to do these days. And uh, even when people have commutes again, they're still going to need podcasts to listen to. And you tell them. You listen to Song versus Song. So, you want to know what we're doing next? Yes. All right, I've been threatening to do this for a long time, and now is the time. Buckle up. We're going to be doing Hollaback Girl versus My Humps. <sighs> yes, I'm looking forward to it, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't... I was going to go on a, on a whole very weird specific Gwen Stefani thing and let's just say we'll save it for another, for 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 the next episode. I've got I've got a lot of complicated feelings about Gwen Stefani in particular. So yeah, buckle up indeed. <laughs> All right, so long. Bye. Bye. Bye.